Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says that God's unmerited favor upon mankind, that for by grace you have been given, you have been saved through faith. Grace, unmerited favor. Not that, of, not that it's anything you could ever do. It's a gift of God. It's not a result of your works because you don't want to boast. He, he didn't, he's not going to let you boast. He says only Jesus can make that payment for you. Only Jesus. It's a gift. There's nothing we can do to earn that salvation. But once we're saved, we need to be concerned about how hard we work. It's a gift to get saved. Once we're saved, works are necessary. Works are good. They're necessary for the next life. They're necessary for how we live on the line. 1 Corinthians, the passage we're going to look at here today, <clears throat> says it like this. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10. <coughs> According to the grace of God, which was given to me, this is Paul writing to the church at Corinth, a church that had a really bad problem with sin in itself, and Paul is writing to them to address that sin problem. And Paul says this, according to the grace of God which was given to me, like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation. And another is building on it. But each man must be careful how he builds on it. For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become evident. For the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire. And the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. So remember, he's writing this, this, this comment to a church that's having a sin problem. And so what he's saying to them is, how you live matters. It's not like that you, it's not fire insurance, as you hear people say, which you know, um, you'll hear people saying, and they say, it's not fire insurance. It doesn't mean that, okay, that's fine. You know you're going to heaven. You can live like you want. He says, it matters how you live because one day you're going to answer to a judge for how you live, Christian. He says, it matters. Matter of fact, it matters you're going to, that how you live is going to be judged and you will receive reward. But if you don't, if you've lived poorly, if you've lived selfishly and all your works have burned up, you will suffer loss. And he says, but he himself will be saved. Yet so as by fire, he says. So, according to the gift that God has given me, he says, I laid a foundation. He traveled the known world at that time, starting churches. You'll see, here is Jerusalem right here. Here is Israel. And from there, he went throughout all of Asia Minor. He went through all Greece. He eventually ended up in Italy. There is even speculation that he ended up in Spain. And he wanted to go to Great Britain. So the foundation of the church was built by this guy. So he built a foundation he's talking about. Matter of fact, in our small group, we were just talking about this passage here last week. And and here Peter's writing about Jesus and he says, Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. It's speaking about Jesus. The most important thing you lay is a foundation. And in the context of an ancient stone building, that cornerstone defines what the rest of the building looks like. It defines whether it leans one way or the other. It defines whether it's going to last for a long time or for a short time. That cornerstone, that foundation, is essential to everything else you build on it. And Peter and and Paul both are speaking about Jesus as being the one and only foundation that we build upon. But then he goes on further and he says this. Verse 10, he says, let every man be careful 
how he builds on this foundation. First of all, he says, the only foundation you can have is Jesus. You can't build on anything else. Anything else is going to be faulted. If you're building upon yourself, it's going to burn. If you're building upon yourself, it's not going to last. If you're building upon yourself, it's just not going to be good. But he says, you can only build on Jesus. He has to be the foundation for everything we do, everything we say, everything we think. He has to be the foundation for every motive we have, which that gets really tricky, doesn't it? And so he says, now then, you have this foundation, this Jesus. Let every man be careful how he builds on it. Build only on Jesus in verse 11. Verse 12, he says, be careful what you build with the materials you use, he says. Now, notice the materials that he mentions. He he divides them up into two categories, so to speak. Gold, silver, precious jewels, wood, hay, straw. Talk to me. What's the big difference? I know this is a little bit rhetorical, but tell me, what are your observations about those two building materials? Talk to me. Excuse me? One side's flammable. Poof, baby. That's right. What else? Excuse me? Price. One side is very valuable. The other side is a commodity. You can get it anybody. You can get it anywhere. It's even at the five below. You know? What else? What else? How long it takes. Tell what are you saying, Cindy? Right, right, very good. So it's it's pretty easy to get wood and and hay and straw to come together and on. They're easy to work with. But gold and silver and precious jewels, those things take years, decades to become what they are, right? Right? Anyone else? Any observations else? They last longer. This side over here does, right? Yeah. What else? Joe? Very good. I love that. That is the best. That's the best observation, really. Joe said, all of these things we can do. These things we don't do. We can't produce gold, silver, or spiritual stones, or precious stones. Cost, yes, they did. I'm sorry. Yeah, one, one person said, this side over here is, is very cheap. This side over here is very expensive. I saw, who was it? And what? And easier to, yes, exactly. That's the other thing, part of it. These over here are easy to obtain. These over here have to be sought after have to be mined. They're even dangerous to obtain. Exactly. Good. Thank you, Jerry. Nothing? Oh, okay. Someone already stole what you said, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> the wood, the hay, and the straw, they're building, the type of building materials they are? Yeah. Yeah, you would never, matter of fact, it's interesting to comment. You would only think of building with these. You'd never think of building with those, would you? And yet he's saying you have to build with these, not those. So the foundation, one of the commentators read, said the foundation is determined. I love this. The foundation is determined. It's Jesus. What we build on it is not determined. We determine that. We make those choices. We decide that. Some of us use gold and silver and costly stones, marble, granite, whatever it may be, things that are going to last, things that are difficult to break, things that are difficult to destroy. You know, we give God our best. 
And we invest in that which is permanent and eternal. We put souls before success, family before finances, God before gold. And when the fire of judgment comes, when we stand before the Lord, that gold, that silver, that marble, all those things, everything on this side of that equation, they last. They'll pass through the fire. He'll say, that's good stuff. Matter of fact, if you've ever seen ancient ruins, you'll see that marble, some of these, these, these type of stones that were built with, lasted through fire, through earthquake, through wars, through battles, through armies. They lasted. But you don't see the timber. You don't see the straw. You don't see the thatch. All that was gone. On the hand, other hand, some of us build our lives. We, what we build on it with our life is wood, hay, and straw. We give God what is cheap, what is convenient, what is easy. He gets the leftovers. And when we're judged, those leftovers will get judged as well. They'll get judged for what they are, leftovers. Leftovers. This is, I, I, I know I mentioned this passage a lot, but it's just one of my favorite things. And it's David at the threshing floor. And he comes and he wants a place to sacrifice. And the owner says, David, you're a big dude. You're an important guy. You just take it. Use my floor. It's yours. It's yours free of cost, no charge to sacrifice to God. And what does David say? He says, I will not offer to the Lord that which costs me nothing. He wanted to give the Lord gold. Not hay, not stubble. It had to cost something. Isn't that a great, great statement? Finally, God is going to judge us. Here it says here in these verses 13 through 15, he says, each man's work will become evident. It's going to become evident because it's going to go through the fire. And you're going to know in going through that fire what it is. You're going to know whether it's gold or hay or wood or straw or silver or precious metal. He says, each man's work will become evident for the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire. And the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. So do you get the sense of that? Think of it like this, that in your job, when you, at the end of the week, you have to come in and you have to say, you know, you know, for the nurse, she comes in and says, this is the status on all of my, I did all these things. Here's my entire list of everything I did with every single one of my patients, and this is how it worked out. I'm submitting this to you before I get paid. And then the supervisor goes through and says, well, that's okay, that's okay, that's okay, that's okay. I can't believe you did that. You got away with that, you know, so I'm not going to pay you for that. And begins to say, this is good, this is bad. Imagine if that's what you had to do for your paycheck right now. In heaven, that is what we'll do. Everything we've done since we came to place our faith in Christ, everything we've done since we've believed in him and we've labeled ourselves as a Christian, as we've labeled ourselves as a follower of Christ, as we've labeled ourselves as a disciple of Christ, everything that we've done from that moment forward is being logged in a payroll account, so to speak. And then when you become, when you come before the accountant, when you come before the payroll master, when you become before that one, he will look through it and say, well, let's just see about those things, all right? He'll run them through 
And he'll say, wow, you gave me such a long list. There's so little left. That's unfortunate. Or perhaps he'll say, you gave me such a long list. You've, there's so much left. That's really great. That is really great. You see, what we're doing in this life comes to this place where as that line is extending, it gets judged. What we're doing in this life proves that we're living for the line and not for this dot. If we've if we've made our if we've made Christ our Savior, if we have trusted Him for the forgiveness of our sins, our eternal salvation is not in question. But our eternal rewards are. Matter of fact, you even notice here at the end of this this, this verse here. Do I have it here? You notice here at the end of this verse right here, it says here, but So it says, if any man's works is burned up, he will suffer loss. It doesn't say there, if you have bad works, you're going to lose your salvation. It doesn't say there, if you didn't have any works, you're going to get kicked out. It doesn't say there that anything you've done in this life is going to affect your salvation. It doesn't say that. It says here, he will suffer loss, but but he will be saved. Yet so as through fire. Well, How do we, how does, how do people run out of a burning house? With nothing. That's how Christians who have invested their life into wood, hay, and straw will come out of that judgment with nothing. It's not that they are going to get lost in the house. It's not that they're going to lose any, their salvation But it's just like a person leaving a burning house. They leave it empty-handed. And so with any one of us who have invested this life into perishable things, we will leave that judgment with nothing. There's the story of a business tycoon who made a fortune in money and fame but gave very little of himself or his wealth to God. And when he died, he showed up in heaven and, quote-unquote, Peter showed him his home in heaven. It was a small shack. And he protested loudly, and Peter shrugged and his shoulders and explained, I did the best with what you sent me. I did the best with what you sent me. You and I are responsible for what we do with our lives here that God has given us. He gives us that free choice, that free will to do what we want. But one day, all of what we wanted, all of that free choice, all of that free will will be evaluated. And at the end of that evaluation, we'll be given rewards or none. There are two, there are, and, and, and matter of fact, we, we know that every man will be judged. Here, these passages all refer to judgment. 
Hebrews 9.27, every man is destined to die once and after that to face judgment. There are no, exp- no, no exceptions. And this is the thing. It doesn't matter whether you believe in him or not. It doesn't matter whether you believe that he's going to judge you or not. Let me just tell you, he's going to judge you. It doesn't matter if you believe in another God or if you believe that there's another way to heaven or if you believe that you can buy your way there. All of that, he's going to judge you. And Paul said, each one of us will give an account for himself to God. Romans 14, 12. 2 Corinthians 5 says, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one of us may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. And that judgment seat he's talking about there is like a raised platform. Matter of fact, if you go with me to Israel sometime, I want to take you to a seat just like that in a city where, where, he, stood, where he sat in the city gates and he judged all kinds of things that came before him. You know, the, 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 the village or the, the city elders would. It was a raised platform and he sat there and that's where he dispensed judgment. And that's, what they're, that's the, the image that they have in this context here. And at this place, at this, they call it a bema seat, every, they, they cast out judgment. And what's really, really interesting I read that I really liked, that one day in the past, Pilate cast judgment on Jesus. One day in the future, Jesus will judge Pilate. The righteous judging the unrighteous. There are two judgments going to happen in the future. Um, in, Romans, in Revelation 20, it speaks of that I saw a great white throne judgment, a great white throne, and, and him who sat on it. Earth and sky fled before his presence. There was no place for them. And I saw the dead and the great and small standing before the throne, and books were open. Another book was open, and uh, another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and the death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what he had done. If any man's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Every man, woman, and child is responsible for their decision about whether they believe in Jesus or not. One day, one day, there will be a book. When you make that decision to trace Christ as your Savior, your name is written in this book of life, and so your name is there. So when you arrive in heaven, it's kind of like going, book of life, yeah, there he is, peruse, he's in here, that's very good. You're going to be going to the Bema seat next where they're going to judge your work. Step this way, please. But if you arrive there in that book of life and they look in there and they say, huh, James, well, James, what was your last name again? Can you spell it for me? Your, your name is not in here. Your name is not in here. What that means, James, is that in the life that you had when you were living on the dot down there and someone told you about Jesus and the need you had for a Savior, you didn't think it was important. You thought you could do it your way. I'm sorry, James. Your name is not in this book. You have not paid the penalty for your sin. And therefore, the penalty is a life apart from God for eternity. You probably read about that when you're living on the dot. It was called hell. That's next for you. Thank you. Step that way. I'm sure at that moment, every person who hears that judgment will say, but I believe this, but I did that. It won't matter then what they believe then. What matters is what you believe now.
That's what matters. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. Romans 3, 23 and 6, 23. But to those who have placed their faith in Christ, what he says is, <coughs> thanks to this, rejoice that your name are written in heaven. That's what the Lord said in Luke 10. In Philippians, Paul says, my fellow laborers in whose names are written in the book of life. The other judgment we spoke about, that Bema seat, what's going to happen right there is as we've talked about, is that every man will have to give an account for himself. Matter of fact, First Peter says that he'll have to give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. So everything that we've done, every ungodly thing, every unconfessed sin, every thought, every word will be revealed at that judgment. That's going to be mighty awkward. Because heaven is perfect, he is perfect, he is holy, he is sinless, and everything that we've done that is not like that will be revealed in that moment before him. Sin will be forgiven. Reward will be lost. You know, everyone, the thing that you might wonder about the most is what are those rewards? What are we talking about here? Well, this is this place where... Just like in our study of heaven last year, there are so many things that we don't fully understand, but there's enough that we do understand that it should get of our attention and give us guidance. In the context of rewards, he speaks of, re- of five different crowns. And I think of a crown, I'm thinking of a, a, you know, this shiny thing with jewels in it and all. They're not even talking about that. They're talking about the type of crown that a Greek athlete might have been given, which was nothing more than a laurel branch woven around and laid upon the head. It was, it's not a crown of like something of, of value. It is the crown of approval. You won. Congratulations. And that's what they got. The, the value wasn't in the crown itself. The value was in being approved. So when we talk about rewards, and you want to say, what are they like? What will I do with them? How much would they be worth? I don't know. I don't know. But what I can say is this, is you'll stand before a holy, righteous God, and you'll be approved of. That's the reward you'll get. And the other option is that you'll stand before a righteous, holy God. And he'll say, not much for you. I'm sorry. No rewards. No rewards. So building with the right materials in this life Building with eternal materials means eternal rewards, means standing one day before an eternal, holy, righteous God and being approved by him. So, the works that we talk about, again, the works we talk about are not works that prove we're saved. The works we're talking about are works that are, are, are expected as a result of our salvation. And they're a consequence of our salvation. The, the works that we're talking about, they, they, they show that I understand that I, I must live for the line and not for the dot. And it's important enough for Christ to teach us about it and to tell us about it. Then it's important. And one day each and every one of us will be accountable and we will be rewarded or we'll lose reward. 
And all that depends on what you are doing in this life. Not even just what you do, but the motives in which we do it with. Martin Luther said on his calendar, there were only two days. Today and that day. May we learn to live in the light of eternity. Matter of fact, one person has said, may we learn to live our short todays in light of the long tomorrow. Isn't that a great, great thought? This is passing. This will be gone in a breath. But the tomorrow will last forever. Don't you want to have invested in that tomorrow with your works, with what you do, with what you think, with what you say, with your motives? Let's pray.